Welcome to 10 Minutes, the Breakout Investor Podcast. In this episode, we are updating the community on Quip Home Medical, ticker QIPT. Joining me is Breakout Investor Aaron Warwick. But first, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investor Discussion app, which can be accessed via the web at app.breakoutinvestors.com or via Apple or Android App Store download. The application and much of the research content is free. Now to our topic, Quipped Home Medical, ticker QIPT. Aaron, have you got an update for us on this company? Yes, we have a fantastic update, major update, I would say. Uh, and that is that yesterday on the 16th of November, uh, Quipped came out with a press release announcing that they had acquired a business that had revenues of approximately $13 million. But in addition to that, included in the release, uh, Quipped for the first time gave uh, some guidance for calendar year 2022. And I say that because their fiscal year is different. But for calendar year 2022, they noted in that press release that they expect revenue run rate. Uh, so this is not uh, revenue for 2022, but the run rate by the end of 22 to be 180 to $190 million. And their adjusted EBITDA to be somewhere between 38 to $43 million uh, on a run rate, again, by the end of 2022 calendar year. That's very interesting. A $40 million, is that right? $40 million? Well, the $40, $40 million would be like the midpoint. Yes. Yep. Yep. So $40 million adjusted EBITDA company would suggest a business worth what on a, on a standard multiples basis? Well, I mean, you know, people can argue about that, but I would, I would think a company that is still growing, uh, a company that has high adjusted EBITDA margins like Quip does 25%. You know, you think it would command at least an eight times multiple, if not a 10 or 12. Uh, certainly, there are some companies out there um, that have those 10 or 12. I would think, you know, to acquire a mature company like Quip, you would have to pay at least 10, if not 12 times uh, adjusted EBITDA. So, yeah, regardless um, of what you're looking at at this point, Quip is far from that in terms of, of how the market is currently valuing them. So you're talking about a, a future value. Uh, depending upon the multiples you give it, of somewhere between three hundred and four hundred million dollars. Do you have handy the uh, current market cap equipment? Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. But when they announced it, I know it was just under two hundred million dollars, and now at, it's it ran uh, you know a little bit. I think five percent yesterday, five percent today, um, and so they're now up to two hundred and twenty million dollar market cap. Uh, the enterprise value is probably closer to you know, 210 or something like that, just thinking off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I could, I can see, you know, room for the stock uh, to certainly double between now and when they uh, would report those results uh, between now and next year, if not on sooner. The, on the breakout investor platform, there's been discussion of some other catalysts um, that are in front of the company that should help it achieve uh, that type of valuation. Do you have any of those, uh, those arguments handy? No, I mean, I think actually one of the reasons that the company, um, you know, that people suspected when it was down in the in the lower $5 range not that long ago, uh, one of the things that people were seeing is actually not that many catalysts that, that they were expecting because uh, the company's fiscal year ends on calendar year Q3. Um, so they don't report until January on those numbers. But the thought was that 
you know, my argument was, and as well as many others on the Breakout Investors platform is, look, they said they're going to be extremely acquisitive. And by the way, they came out today, just after that announcement yesterday and announced acquiring another company. We can talk about that perhaps uh, later on this podcast or on the platform. Um, in addition to that, it's possible they could give guidance or they could give preliminary numbers uh, for their fiscal Q4 that ended in September. Uh, so, you know, that, that was my thinking is when a stock is this undervalued, I want to be in it. And I believe that's what we saw because out of nowhere, the, the company couldn't find any love on, on the street, uh, couldn't seem to find any buyers. It was down in the low five, I think it hit 515 again, the price, roughly the price of the warrant exercise that we've spoken about in the past. And all of a sudden, on decent volume for the for the stock, it just went you know up to the six dollar range. And then after this news has been announced, it's up to close today at six sixty seven. So quite a move uh, the last two weeks. Right. So I just want to go back and review that um, it was it, there. There are reasons that one can list off for why the stock has been undervalued. They you know they stem from it being. A relatively unknown name. It's 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 a microcap. It's got a new name. It's got a new ticker. It was listed on the Canadian exchange, I think, until April. Uh, uh, so it's only been on the Nasdaq a short period of time. Uh, there was a large warrant from a uh, uh, war there was a, a large warrant overhang from a financing that they did last year. Uh, and as you pointed out, the company was going into the year end likely not going to announce anything. So it made sense. I mean, one, one could rationalize why the, the stock was drifting, why it was orphaned. Uh, but the reasons we think that this company is undervalued and should appreciate significantly at some point in the future, which maybe has started uh, recently, uh, is one, it's, um, it, it's in a very good space with a good management team. They've got pretty good communication. Um, it's growing rapidly. Um, you know, we, we just spoke about this $40 million EBITDA guidance for the end of next year. It's, it's got to appreciate off of that. It's not going to trade for five times, actually less, five times uh, EV to EBITDA. Uh, and then there's the little issue of the NASDAQ, or excuse me, not the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000. This yes. company is very likely going to get picked up uh, on a market cap basis into the Russell next year, which means it's going to go from very spotty uh, institutional following to rather significant institutional following. We've got a good company in a good space with great tailwinds doing these, uh, these um, consolidating acquisitions, growing very rapidly, uh, increasing both the top and the bottom line and increasing its operating margins, or I shouldn't say operating, but it's adjusted EBITDA margins. Uh, and, it, and it's likely going to get picked up. On top of all of that, it's got the attention of the number one breakout investor in the community, Aaron Warwick. So uh, th this company's got a lot of tailwinds behind it. Right now. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of tailwinds. And, and I mean, personally, based upon the guidance that they gave, I really don't. I think the stock is a screaming buy, you know, at anything under $9 a share, roughly, which would be, you know, right around the uh, eight times that that guidance EBITDA, so forward EBITDA. Um, you know, I think it's, I personally think it's worth more than that, but I think it's just a screaming buy below that. But when you start getting up to that $7.50 range or so, you start talking about very high likelihood that the company will be picked up into the Russell 2000 next year. And why that's so important for those who might not be familiar is that when, when that happens, there are um, institutions that then are forced to buy the stock because they track and 
they have uh, options for investors to track the Russell 2000 index. And so uh, there is a huge buying demand. And this company right now, I see their average volume, according to finance, Yahoo is 76,000 shares a day. And that's up significantly over the last two weeks when it was probably around 50,000 before that. And so what happens is you have this huge buying pressure on a fairly thinly traded name. Uh, It can cause, you know, essentially almost like what a short squeeze does. Um, where it could because you have this artificial buying. And so I think it's quite possible. Mark Gomes has talked about this, that there are a lot of uh, institutions and investors now that hedge uh, ahead of the Russell 2000. And so starting in January, February, right around the time that Quipt is, is going to be reporting, probably will have some more acquisitions based on what they've said about their pipeline and what they just came out with in their guidance. It's very likely that Quipt is going to be right in that Russell territory, if not well beyond it. At which point, then you know, January, February, March, some of these um, some of these investors that uh, that trade based on this are going to be trying to go ahead of the trade, and and that in itself can can move the stock up as well. Outstanding summary. Thank you very much, Aaron. Uh, that's ten minutes. We are breakout investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion about Quipped and other companies with breakout catalysts in front of them on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com. Or you can download the application by visiting the Apple or Android App Store. The Breakout Investor 10-Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither breakout investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. For investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.